Welcome to the Real Facts on Real Estate podcast, presented by Sean Patrick Moloney. In this series, we educate real estate agents on how to find success in the industry and grow their wealth to six-figure commissions and beyond. Now here is your host, Sean Moloney. Welcome to episode 219, Understanding Real Estate Jargon. I'm your host, Sean Patrick Maloney. Thanks for joining me this week. This week, I want to talk to you about understanding how to talk in real estate and what different acronyms mean, what different words mean. Just understanding that when getting into real estate, many agents get overwhelmed with all the acronyms and other industry jargon, but make sure to learn it. And when you hear one, when you're out that day, go home and learn it. Because the truth is to be successful in real estate, you have to understand all your tools. Knowing how to talk the talk can be the difference between knowing how to walk the walk. Failure to understand the options can lead to an agency and limited options for their clients and not being able to generate the same sales number. So let's start it out. HELOC, which stands for a home equity line of credit. This is a very powerful tool. This allows a seller to borrow money off their existing home. They could possibly sell their existing home after purchasing a home through using a HELOC. So the HELOC allows them to borrow money, use that money to buy a new home, and then sell their home. This isn't an option for everybody, folks, but in a tough situation like we've been in for years here in Massachusetts where offers aren't getting accepted based on a home sale contingency, we could simply remove that with a home equity line of credit. ROI, return on investment. Guys, this is a super important one when it comes to everything people do when it comes to real estate, because otherwise your clients are going to do improvements that won't have an ROI, otherwise known as return on investments. What I mean by that is maybe they put in $10,000 worth of flooring, they call you and want to sell, the flooring's not worth $10,000, has a negative ROI, no return on investment. Or you go over and tell them some work to do, they call you back, they've made a lot of money, otherwise known as a positive ROI. PMI, private mortgage insurance. Typically speaking, when a person puts less than 20% down, they're going to be required by their bank to take out insurance in order to cover the loan in case they default on the loan. HUD, Housing and Urban Development. This is part of Alphabet Soup, United States, and every other country we have it. They are government agencies. This one is all about housing. Net Sale Price. This one's important to understand because a lot of times we're talking with clients and trying to help them understand what the seller is going to take out of the money. So the net sale price is the amount of money after the commissions are out, after the different taxes, things like that are out. Or if we're looking at it as an agent, we're looking at net sale price. It's after any seller's concession or anything is removed when judging how much our commission is going to be. Repairs, things like that that have come out because at the end of the day, the seller won't be paying his commission if set on net sale price based on the total gross, because that would be unfair. It's money they didn't take in. Assemblage. Assemblage is the idea of putting more than one lot together to grow the lot size and combine the two of them. This is commonly used in investment, or maybe you have an unusable piece of land that sits next to another property, and one of them goes for sale, realizing that putting the two together could make it a better place. Seller's concession. This one's important to understand for your buyers. Sometimes your buyers will just have enough money to put for their down payment, but they won't have any money for closing costs and prepaids. Well, 
Seller's concession says that some of the money at the closing is going to revert back to the buyer in order to cover their closing costs and prepaid. So this is a great way to bridge the gap and again, to make another deal happen that you may not have seen happening because of the idea that you found money. Or kickout clause, first heard of refusal. Oftentimes when we have sellers get an offer from a buyer who wants the ability to buy a house with a seller's contingency, meaning they have to sell their home, we might put a kickout clause or a first right of refusal there. What that is, is saying, we're going to continue to market this home. And if another buyer comes in, we're going to give you the option to get rid of the idea of your home sale contingency. And you get the first right to refuse that. So if it comes up, they have, depending on the amount of time we wrote, that amount of time, and they have to either keep it the same terms or match the new terms depending on the way we wrote it up but ultimately they get to decide whether they want to move forward or let it go 203k this is a great one so rehab loan this is a way to improve a home by taking a purchase price of the home and repair the price of the home and adding them together as long as they appraise out and the bank lends you the money and it all becomes one loan one of the bigger risks with this loan is the fact that the interest rate is a little bit higher but Overall, lets things happen that may not have happened otherwise. FSBO. These are our best friend, right? For sale by owner. These are properties that the owner has decided, I'm not going to utilize an agent. I'm just going to put it up for sale by owner. REO. Real estate owned. This means that a bank owns the property. These are often opportunities, but also there are a lot of things you should understand when buying an REO. One of the biggest ones is the liability upon the buyer and the idea that banks can sell them pretty much as is, as seen, you don't even know. And when you take it on, it's 100% on you. Lots of times, even the costs are on the buyer. FHA, Federal Housing Authority, another government alphabet soup. They are the guys who help out with the loans and everything like that, that a lot of people are using. The FHA loan, one of the more common products, 3.5% down most of the time. So the FHA, another government agency. Title V. This in Massachusetts is the test to see that a septic system is up to date. Septic system being a personal sewerage treatment in the yard versus going downtown to your typical town sewer. So Title V is a certificate that we need in order to close a home here in Massachusetts that has a septic system. The septic system fails Title V, then it needs to be replaced. And if a buyer takes on a property with a failed one, then they have two years. And don't hold me to this. Always make sure to look at town and local government laws because they do change. But they have two years to install a new approved system. Last but not least, I want to go over pre-approval and pre-qualification. So pre-approval versus pre-qual. Pre-approval is more powerful. Pre-approval says that the bank or the lender has gone over the person's application run the numbers, and things really check out. Whereas a pre-qualification says that they've verbally gone over them, and if everything that the buyer says is true, then it will work out that they can get the loan. So we can see the risk when we're talking pre-qual and the idea of stated versus pre-approval being vetted. But as an agent, always call and verify these details because the words are used interchangeably in some different states, as well as some different institutions use the words differently, especially if they're national. So always read the fine print and always check in with your lender to sh make sure you understand exactly what they are qualifying or approving and to make sure that your buyers have a great experience. Guys, as you can see, there is just a ton to learn in real estate terms, acronyms, 
all sorts of things. If you're looking for a brokerage that can help with that, reach out to us over here at Movementum Realty. We'd love to talk to you. Thank you so much and have a great week. I look forward to talking to you next week.